Welcome to the Nat and Sarah Show, where we aim to touch, move, and inspire you every single week. Really? We're really going to introduce our own show? Maybe we should leave it to the pro. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. One second, ladies. Here we go. Sarah Maxwell and Natalie Cook are experts in visualization and deliberate use of the law of attraction. As dynamic world athletes representing Canada and Australia in beach volleyball, they honed in on achievement at the highest level. Winning an Olympic gold medal on her home beach of Bondi is a pinnacle example. Their powerful techniques transmute the spiritual to the tangible, allowing thousands of their community members to bring their vision boards to life. Recently, they've taken their expertise on the road as the full-time family, where they inspire, coach, and lead people to create their unique, deliberate family life using a simplified three-step process. Welcome to the Nat and Sarah Show. Join us for twice-weekly episodes. Each week, Nat and Sarah will teach us how to deliberately create results in all areas of life using their unique three-step process. Not only that, they'll also sit down with some of their favorite high achievers who have manifested what most merely dream about. Are you a member of the community? Go to bit.ly slash the Nat and Sarah show to download your three-step journal to follow along with each workshop style teaching episode and get ready to take action on your inspirations. Today, we continue the conversation with a profound spiritual teacher with over 30 years of experience under her Buddhist robe. I thought it was so funny saying that. Having spent over 40,000 hours in meditation and silent retreat, sharing space with His Holiness the Dalai Lama, Desmond Tutu, and organizing a UN summit, she began sharing her knowledge with enlightenment and money workshops and has now crystallized it with Ascendant Mastery Programs. Imagine being able to tune your frequency to eliminate such things as procrastination and sabotage. Yes, please. So Angela has had a major impact on my life. A couple of years ago, we worked intimately together to help me raise my vibration and my consciousness and start aligning with the dreams I had for my life. Unpacking my past, getting in touch with the little girl who had often been shoved to the side in order to achieve and drive and success. I began to understand me more and wade through the murk that was draining my energy. As I began expanding who I was, other areas began to swell, like my financial barometer, my relationship with my mom, and my capacity to make an impact in life. Now, I so want to share Angela with all of you. Many of you are on the precipice of new dreams and ideas coming to life, and she can help you move into potential and raise your frequency to align to the visions you have for your life. So, Angela, should we get into it? Yes, let's go. I know. I love that about you. Before we press the record button, it was like, oh my gosh, we have to press record because it's so fun talking to you. Yeah, so let's great. go. Okay. I'm totally curious. Look, we have worked together, but I have to say that I don't actually know the answer to this question. So I was curious, what began for you this lifetime of spiritual devotion? Like, how does that even begin? Well, I tell you, you know, cause I've been, uh, as, as my business expands, I always have to bring myself back to earth, continue to come back to earth. Mm -hmm. And I was saying to somebody the other day, uh, it was my pain. 
I mean, it was, I was in so much pain and suffering as a kid, as a, as an adolescent and then into my twenties. And, um, I was, I was sharing the story with my, with, it was actually a client. And I said, like, you live on, there's two different planets that there, that people can live on. And one planet has got sort of the belief systems of the everyday. You got to work really hard and you got to, you know, and you got to hate your life and stuff. And the other planet over here is uh, the planet that I have always lived on, which is one of faith and trust and hope and comes with all that, all the other feelings, despair and, and sadness. And so it was, uh, you know, in my 20s when I formally became a Buddhist, However, I was a Catholic before that, and I was, I didn't believe in Catholicism, but I was spiritual. And I've always been tuned in and tapped in. And I thought everybody was. And they are, if they choose to be. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If they choose to be. Um, I've never unconnected, disconnected. However, what I have done is dampen the connection sometimes Mm -hmm. and then enlarge the connection. And that's, you know, so, you know, I was in my twenties when I started to first actively uh, work with spirit. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I love how you bring up, you know, religion as a Mm -hmm. way that in some ways you were always tuned in, tapped in, turned on. So very interesting because I've been listening to Eckhart Tolle lately and, you know, pain was a major um, impetus for him as well and suffering. So, the thing that I've often been so intrigued is that you've spoken to something that's confused me for a lifetime and it's incorporating spirituality and money. Um, you know, growing up, <clears throat> I didn't grow up Catholic. I grew up in Protestant church, but there was often a friction between these two topics. This idea like, you know, passages from the Bible being read about the poor shall, you know, rise inherit and the earth. inherit yeah. the earth. Yeah, exactly. Good on. My mom would be disappointed that I didn't remember there. Um, but yeah, you weave them together. How do you do that? Well, the, f- it, again, it's a long story and it's been a long journey for me because I also got brought up in the same culture, okay. you know, the Western culture that says um, if, if you're spiritual, it's a gift and therefore you can't make money. And, mm-hmm. and I, you know, battling beliefs, you have to, I've challenged my own beliefs again and again and again, because all we are is spirit manifest, made manifest. That's Mm. all anything is, you know, like these books are spirit made manifest. Somebody had an idea and then it materialized. So where in that equation does it say that, because money is just energy. Where does it say in that equation that it's a wrong thing to manifest money or a bad thing we've created those belief systems and i you know like i i don't know whether it was a church that created them or what i'm not interested in that i'm interested in the breaking through of the beliefs because a belief is just a thought that we think over Mm -hmm. and over and over again so so do i want to think that thought do i want to believe that no i don't Mm -hmm. right so I've, you know, like I live in the material world, just like everybody, right? Yeah. And there's a higher frequency world that I also tap into. Right. And I combine these two because some people forget about the higher frequency world, right? Or, and they only live in the material world or some only live in the material world and they forget about the higher world. There's two. We call it the two realities, the two right. truths. 
walking daily with the two truths. There's the relative plane and the absolute plane. And you put them together and you get manifestation. That's how it works. And so when you had an accounting firm, Angela, the spiritual teacher accountant, is that when you were practicing melding those two worlds? Yeah. Well, people call me the tax goddess, like, like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, all these funny names because I help people move through their challenges with money and taxation through spiritual principles. And when a client would come Mm -hmm. to me, I'd say, Hey, you know what? Like, you got to know that I don't work like a normal accountant. And, and they'd always get, I mean, I never advertised anywhere. I just got always referrals. And I would say, you know, here's here, you have a, you know, a $30,000 penalties and interest tax bill because you haven't paid your taxes in 10 years. Um, Mm -hmm. Your job is pray, put people, put your agent in the light, think of their health, prosperity and good things. And I'll crunch the numbers. It's a two way thing. So spirit, materiality bring those two things together and lo and behold we'd get for compassionate reasons interest and penalties waived we'd get tax bills cut in half like all manner of magic right and people you know they don't even realize that they can do it but you can do it yeah that's cool i like that because it's like if you haven't paid in so many years you know also what else is going on you know like what is that about so i'm sure you you know that kind of began the the process. And I suppose I'm looking at it from, we talked about the material world just then. So yep. the idea of wanting something, mm. you know, mm. um, that, that again, that for me was always um, a level of guilt. So mm. is it spiritual to want and go after things to set goals? How do, how do those things work together? Absolutely. Absolutely. And what I say to people is, is that what's not healthy is to become attached right. to the outcome, right? And try and control the outcome to get what you want. What is good is to have a desire and to have a vision because we need to expand the, the universe. Like out there, the, the scientists can't find the edges of the universe. Why? Because it's ever expanding, ever expanding. We're part of the universe. So there's a contradiction that happens in hum- human beings is, is that we need to continue to expand and we have to be a hundred percent happy with who we are and what we do right now. Right? So that's where the gratitude piece comes in. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I am enough. I do enough. I have enough. And we're a hundred percent happy with what we have and we want more. We want to expand. Spirit is ever expanding. So it's not an either or proposition. It's a, well, I call a both and, right? You, you are both and go for it. Totally. And people get very confused. I mean, you're not the only one. And I was too, except yeah. that like laws of the universe are, we want to grow. We want to be the biggest version of we, who we are. Right. Right. We have so many talents, so many gifts, so many, so many skills inside of each of us. Mm-hmm. What, we're supposed to thwart one and stop this one? And, right? Because why? Because somebody said so? No. Throw them all out there. And then, and then like attract like, you get it back. Okay, so I wasn't going to ask this, but I am going to now because one of our three steps, Angela, is about creating your new life story. So it's from this place of deep acceptance of this is, this mm-hmm. is where I am. Yep. And from that place, you basically create a, 
you know, a vision board of your life, like how you would want it to be. And, and you write it like you're there, like it's yep. happening. Okay. Yep. So the question that arose, like some people believe you should re- read it again and again. Mm-hmm. And other people are like, no, like it was the process of creating and that's it. Leave it to the side. So I was thinking it's, isn't it about the energy that you reread this or, or even a vision board? I think for some people, a vision board is actually dampening of the spirit. Like if there's a longing, a disappointment that I don't have it yet, you know, to me, this energy is not helpful at all. Um, what would you say is the energy or the relationship you want to have to creating a new life story? You want to be in that position both like, like on a day-to-day basis of happiness, mm-hmm. of contentment and acceptance, mm-hmm. right? Of what is and feel it. And at the same time, always like, it's like turning the volume up just a little bit, just a little bit every day, a little bit every day, because where we lose hope, where we get despairing or disappointed is that we set our intention, right? And we're here and our intention is here. And we take a leap and we fall in that gap. Mm. And then we kind of go, it doesn't work. Or I can't hold that frequency as much as I'd like to. I can't hold that vision. Or like you say, you get disappointed looking at those visuals. Mm-hmm. So I say it's a day-to-day process. And that, and that incrementally you, you hold, I personally believe you speak it and you visualize it both, Got right? It. To, to ramp it up. Because it's, again, it's energy. And you're correct when you say that. It is all energy. And as you speak it and see it, yeah, the, I call it the kickback voice, the doubting voice. Yep. It's a kickback. I call it kickback. It's going to say, no, you don't. Or you don't deserve that. Or it doesn't matter anyway. Like, it's just, it's just this. It's, and I say, look at that voice and acknowledge it. Mm. Don't indulge it. Don't push it away. Just acknowledge it and say, I hear you, and I'm going back over here. I'm going to go back over here, which is where my hope and desire is going, is forward, right? It's like, who do you think you are? It's like, right. okay, I see you. So, I mean, like, you know, I've worked with my mind so much, and this is, this is a process of mind training so right. that you can, you can do this when you close your eyes. You know, your, your, your focus goes away from what you're meditating on. But it's the same in life. Our focus goes away from what we're trying to concentrate on, which is our goals. And our focus goes right. away. So you have right. to notice, oh, my focus went away. Then I come back. Mm-hmm. I come back. And you don't, you don't beat yourself up. You don't criticize yourself. You don't judge yourself when you go off focus. You know, it's the old metaphor that Abraham and Hicks uses, you know, the GPS system. You just get back on the road and keep going. Right. You just keep going. You set your GPS and you keep going. And your feelings are always your barometer. Like, am I on track or not? Yeah. That's, that's what, yeah. And do you reckon that the kickback voice, is it part of the, some of that, you know, when we're, when we're little, when we're young and is that where we develop the kickback voice? Does that become the quality of it later on? Talk to, to us a little bit about, you know, this, the, the kid inside that we all yeah, have. Absolutely. It, it, it does go back to childhood. I just, I'm, I'm teaching a course on Buddhism and the psychology of awakening. And I, last week we talked about the creation of the ego because the Eastern Buddhist philosophy has a whole different 
notion of how the ego gets created versus the Western psychotherapeutic notion of ego, right? Um, so it's, and it confuses people because they know we use the same word, mm-hmm. but absolutely it's an early childhood development for a Western. Let's, let's keep it in a Western point of view right at this mm-hmm. point. It, it comes in early childhood and there are six phases of early childhood development. So each phase, if we're not being guided properly, if we're not being seen, if we're not being heard and we're not being touched, those are the three primary needs of a human being over and above the material level, that's when we start developing defense mechanisms. And some of those defense mechanisms can be, oh, it doesn't matter anyway. Like we push away what we want to defend against being hurt, right? So we put a layer over top of our light, over top of our spirit. We layer it. And it's like, ah, um, couldn't do it anywhere. I don't have the energy, right? Or whatever those kickback voices are, um, and sometimes they're a whole phrase and they come out like as one word, like, uh, who do you think you are? That's, that's, that's the one that, who do you think you are? It's one word, right? Who do you think you are? But it's all these little words put together. So someone said it to you at some point or some, you know, not you, but you know, to a child and it went in, it went in as a cover over the light. Like who, who do I think I am? I'm a nobody. Yeah. You know, so, so you can go down that road or you can go down the road of, Oh, I see that voice. Mm, Yeah. That, you know, and for me, I kind of say, well, it it gets developed between the ages of four and seven. Mm -hmm. I know where it gets developed. I have a process. I'm just going to bring this up where we go into the unconscious to pinpoint where those beliefs start. So we could, yeah, I've got a technique that helps people. I know I've done some of it and it's honestly incredible. You you know, we're going to give information about you and what you offer because that process alone really reorients what it did for me was it took away blame and it Mm -hmm. gave me understanding and then power. You know, sort of like when I was in the blame mode, I didn't have my power. I guess somebody else did. They had to be different in order for me to be okay. And then I just got that. That's why that was my response to not being hurt. And, and what I loved about it is there's an evolution, you know, gosh, it's, it's been years since I've done it, but I remember this notion that at first it was a sad, obvious response, one I could own. And then it mm-hmm. started to get mean. Like I, I got mean and if I just looked at the mean, then I felt guilty. I yeah. felt a sense of like, how could I do that? And that was confusing. But when I understood yeah. the origin that, yeah. that you helped me go through that process, yeah. I was like, okay, it started off as sad. And then it kind of like ramped itself up. Well, and now I've, I've created like multiple layers because, you know, it, it continues so that I'm able to help people change their memory. I'm able to help them change their past in their mind. So this is past, present, and future working all simultaneously. Because if we change our past, then our future has a different outcome. And we can never change the memory, right? The memory remains as a visual. Mm -hmm. But what we can change is the feelings behind it. Hmm. And so when we change that, we get empowered. 
And there is a fit. I mean, there is, a, there is a, a sequence where you have to feel all that. Like you, you know, you talked about the sadness for some people. What first comes up is anger okay. or what next comes up is, you know, like it was unfair. Like, how dare you? Like, why didn't you speak up for me? Or why didn't you see me? Or like, you know, so this unfairness, so we have to go through a process of acknowledging that, mm. feeling it. Like that's a little kid that didn't get seen, didn't get heard, and didn't get touched. And we're not going to push that away again. We have to acknowledge it. So that's what the process does. All ages, all the way up into the teens. So when I do my inner child, which I do every day still, so it's not a technique that I've ever let go. I've got three little ones down there. I've got a, uh, an 18-month-old. I've got about a four or five year old and I got a 14 year old. So when I go down there on any given day, one of them is giving me information. And to me, that's my connection to the divine. That's my child. That's my innocence. That's my, you know, uh, that's my God self. I, I don't use that word much, but it's like, it's like the essence of who I am. I come right. in at different ages and they give me information, you know? Like I, I'm, cool. I'm, you know, this part of me today needs a little bit of love. This part of me is excited. This part of me needs to go and do a workout. Right. And it's like, okay, okay. And I, I kind of go, okay, I hear you. I hear you. Yep. 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 And, and then they feel heard and seen. And then on this level, I feel completely empowered. Hmm. Right. So, yeah. so can you go talk to your inner child and ask about your finances? Can you go ask about, <laughs> well, this is interesting, Sarah, because, if people don't do this work, yeah. they broadcast unconsciously from this place. Oh. So they're unconsciously broadcasting all the time their beliefs about money. And I say mm. that if you're not conscious about your beliefs around money, you're probably operating from about a three-year-old point of view on how to spend and save. Because Whoa, did everybody hear that? So that's really yeah. cool because there's this whole idea like, oh, I don't know about inner child, you know, and it's like, well, whether you want to know about it or not, it's speaking for you. Precisely. It's operating. It's completely operating. It's a, it's, a, I call it more a hypnotherapy technique rather than a meditation because we, we, it's a process, right? And, and it's about a 15, 20 minute process. And then when we do the variations on changing the endings, oh my God. I mean, that's, that's the cherry on the cake. Those changing the endings of people who've disempowered you as a child, you know, a teacher, a church, the police, whatever, right? And then you go back and talk to them and you tell them off and then you get your power back. And then you change the ending of the story. Then you get to change the ending of the story. So that dad that wasn't there, you have him come and, talk with you and embrace you and and then you get the feeling of oh yeah yeah i got my dad my dad is in here yeah cool your, your real dad's out there but the energetic dad is right here right wow. so that's where the healing that. happens that's where the healing happens so that's how you can i mean my financial set point changed dramatically from working with you however mm -hmm. We, we really weren't saying, okay, so this is to change your financial set point. And only yeah. afterward can we sort of track the yeah. incredible exactly. <laughs> adding of zeros that happen after. So what is that about, Angela? So is it, you know, personal expansion that really drives this thing, this, this business change, this change in your finances? 
what it does is that you feel like it, it's like a, it's the you do the inside job and then it manifests out here. That little girl, you she knows you've got her back, so she's willing to try anything. She's confident. She's powerful. She's strong. She's willing. I mean, children, when you, you've got a child, you can see they, they have no fear, like, like, cause they don't have the, the reflection and the blinkers yet put on by society. They're just out there. But as we age, we put them all on again, like all these defenses. And so it's a process of letting it all go so that that little girl inside of you is so strong. And she knows this adult, you has her back. So you're willing, like, it's like, bring it on. I want to expand. I want to add more people onto my staff. I want to, you know, travel more. I want to bring more people to, to, to you know, to the whole process so that they get empowered, right? But if you're not doing the inner work, this is what I say, inner expansion equals business expansion. If you don't do your inner work, you need more information to expand outwardly. It, right. It's an inside job. You're just a manifestation of spirit. We all are. We're the physical manifestation of spirit. So how much spirit do you want to expand into? A little bit or lots? Does this relate to like self-sabotage? Like there's sabotage a form of lessening? Like, you know. Yes. Yeah. yeah, Okay. So talk, talk to me a little bit about sabotage because as people, you know, our community starts to like expand and go for it. The little girl comes out and she feels free. Um, Why is there, Oh, well, I guess I was going to say, why is there kickback? There, there's that word again. So yeah. talk to me about sabotage. Okay. So like I say, there's, you know, there's early childhood development. And at every stage, a child needs to learn certain things. So at a certain point, we may hit a prime wound, like inside of ourselves. And it's like, it's like that's as far as I'm going to go. Mm. That's as far as I'm going to let myself go. Because, for instance, if I get seen by too many people, say somebody has an abuse background, uh, I'm going to get hurt, for instance. Or if I talk too loud, I'm going to get squished. And it's all unconscious. So people thwart their own life, which is called sabotage, right? It's also called a U-turn. You know, you're going for it, going for it, going for it. You're persevering, persevering. And you hit a bunch of roadblocks. And instead of kind of keeping going, it's like, okay, that's as far as I go because this is all I know. And then we turn around on ourselves and we go back to what we know, what's comfortable, as opposed to going, you know what? On the other side of that feeling, that's where the magic happens. That's where the next zero comes from. That's when you start building a team. That's, you know, like that's that, that feeling of uncomfortableness. Any person who has grown a business knows that feeling and it correlates this is this is my observation it correlates 100 percent to the stages of inner childhood development because once you go through it one time you know you start getting a healthy three-year-old four-year-old 10-year-old 15-year-old once you feel totally healthy the next desire comes you know from building a small team to now i want to conquer the country next i want to go global and you got to go back to the inner work because first phase is all about abandonment and rejection. So we always go back to, I'm going to be rejected. I'm going to be, oh, if I, if I just, am, if I'm too loud or if I get seen, I'm going to be rejected because that's the first phase of childhood. Mm. Right. 
And then the second phase is about exploration. So if we're going to be ex- rejected, we're not going to be willing to explore, right. right? So after exploration is about identity, being seen in the world. But if you're, if you're not exploring and you feel like you're going to be rejected, how are you going to feel safe in a new identity? Because you always have to change your identity as wow. you move and grow, right? And then comes the power. So I've got this new identity and I kind of feel like I'm a little bit of a fraud and a fake. Now I've got to be empowered in it which is the next phase of childhood development, you know, seven to 10. So it's it like this really? stuff is really, really deep and it keeps going and it keeps going. Like I've been using it since, you know, before I met you, long before I met you. And that's how I built my business. So when I met you, I was working one-on-one with people. Mm-hmm. Now I work with 35 people at a time, three times a week. I've got coaches that I've coached in this and they're helping people. And it's like, I've got people in all the different cities. So uh, that's my expansion. Yeah. I love it. Right. And yeah. And, and, you know, like you said, the, the wounds, the primary wounds that might, the primal wound that might come up as you are hiring new people or, or even, you know, there's the, your own voice, but then now I'm giving that voice to somebody else. And, yeah. Okay. So that's really amazing to hear that all these, these things arise when you're expanding. Yeah. Yes. Would you say like procrastination is like the mini version of sabotage? Is it like, is it yeah. like the avoidance tactic or where does I procrastination it, well, sit? In recovery, we call it sloth in five syllables. Why? Because it's so slow. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, the best remedy I find for procrastination is that you out yourself immediately when you notice it. Right. So like, you know, you got to make those phone calls and you find yourself cleaning the house. You tell your partner or you text somebody, I'm procrastinating right now. I'm cleaning the house instead of doing the calls. And as soon as you out yourself, something shifts inside of you and you kind of go, okay, I can make those calls now. Right. So it's, it's a matter of awareness and being seen like somebody's got to see us in every place. So even in our, in our unlovable place, the procrastination or, or even um, sabotage, right? Like if somebody sees you there and still loves you, then you're going to go over it. You're going to, you're going to overcome that that hurdle inside of you. Okay. I was going to ask you that. So is that also the solution to when you're in sabotage or taking the U-turn to call it out to say, Oh my God, I'm uncomfortable. I'm freaking out right now. So I guess it's not only to yourself though, you got to do it with somebody. Why? Because it's the witnessing that changes it. It's when we were children, we weren't witnessed necessarily in our sadness, anger, procrastination, any of that. We weren't seen in that. We weren't, it's, it's an education process that we didn't get, right? Because consciousness hadn't evolved there yet. So when you have somebody witness you without judgment or blame, it, it's, it's like part of you comes alive again. So that you're not a bad person, you're still lovable. You're not going to be abandoned. And then you, you, and that's where the witnessing comes from. It's not enough just to say it to yourself. Okay. And that's the magic. I mean, that's the hard part is because when you fess it, you, there is a bit of shame, but the other person doesn't care. It's like, oh, okay. 
they hear you. It's like, oh, okay, okay, you're, you're procrastinating. I love you. And that, like, they don't buy in to your feelings of shame or guilt, right? They just love you. You can tell, text a friend. This is what I say to people. Just text a friend, uh, phone somebody, or if somebody's in the house, you just out yourself. And That's quite it, interesting. I just got that, you know, by telling somebody else you're, it's, it's uncomfortable. If there's a discomfort, it's pro- mm-hmm. because there's probably some shame. Therefore, by going beyond that, you probably start to break down that shame because like you said, you they don't really it. care. They dissolve it. Exactly. It dissolves. And, and like, I'm never one to people say, you know, uh, bash it to death. It's like, no, 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 no. It's all with love. Mm-hmm. It dissolves. Right. You, you give it, you give it attention. Every moment of awareness that we place on pain or on a, a hidden part of us, it will transform that moment into your power. So if you put your awareness on, on pain, you're not going to get more pain. You're actually going to dissolve it. If you put your awareness on sabotage, you're not going to get more sabotage. You're actually going to transform it to power. Got it. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. That's a good shift, isn't it? Because yeah. yeah, I think sometimes it's like, oh, let me just pretend it's not happening. But that sure. has an energy too, you know, the, to exactly draw, draw it in, you know, draw it toward yourself by pretending it's not there. So well, I don't know about it. Well, I'm just going to make some assumptions about people listening that you're understanding that there's something deeper operating your life, operating your results. And I feel like we've just scratched the surface, but in a good way, like we kind of went, we went there and you, you know, thank yeah, you for yeah. sharing some nice. of the amazing things that you do in your workshops. And when you're working with people, it really is like that. You have these, you uncover things. Um, and you transform them and you discover your power. So your work, Angela, had incredible impact on me, being able to introduce you to our community. I'd love to have you back as, as people move in their journey. Like you said, every step has different things come up. So I think there's people are on the precipice. We're at that kind of like, I would imagine the voice, the kickback is pretty strong coming now. But, you know, as people move to the next step, perhaps, you know, identity perhaps, you know, that's what's going to be next. So if you're open to it, I'd love to have you back and, and just take the conversation even further. Absolutely. I would, and I would love to share the process with your, your people. Like I, we could Thank do that on one call, you know, cause it is, it is very, very powerful. And people are always kind of like, Whoa, where, where did we go, man? It's like, you know? Yeah. So awesome. I, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled, Sarah. I love you to bits. I love you you guys watching you guys grow, you know, and, and you watching me and it's a witnessing. Gorgeous. Got it. Love ya. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Don't forget to join the community at bit.ly slash the Nat and Sarah show to download your three-step journal and participate in weekly lives found only in our private group. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You've got to rate and review the show. And I know all the podcasts are always asking this. And in the past, I wasn't doing it. And the reason I wasn't doing it is because I actually didn't know how to do it. So open your podcast player and click on our show from your library, not the listen now. That's where I was going wrong in the past. So now that you know how to do it, 
When you go there, make sure you give us a five-star review. Five stars, five stars, five stars. And then click on write a review link to actually write a review so that you can tell other people that we're legit and even funny, maybe a bit serious. So if you want to recommend this to someone, you have to put your fingers on the keys and send us a review. Thanks.